Welcome to our regular episode of Business Wise. This is a podcast series for entrepreneurs interested in expanding through learning and applying the management system discovered and developed by humanitarian, philosopher, and administrator, Mr. L. Ron Hubbard. A week or so ago, we introduced to you the danger formula, which is the formula you apply to your organization when its survival is severely threatened. You might want to listen to that one before or after this one to get the full picture of how you handle a danger condition, the condition being an operating state, especially if you're currently handling one. But if you are truly unfamiliar with what a condition is or a danger condition is, then I suggest you listen to podcast episode nine, volume one, The Danger Formula, or you're going to get a little lost in this one. In that podcast, we made reference to the first dynamic danger formula, the one that is applied personally by the members of a group that has dropped into danger. We promise to come back to this for you, and that is what we are going to discuss today. The following is a definition for the term dynamic, derived from various articles and lectures from Mr. Hubbard. Quote, a dynamic is a surge of energy within us which is seeking to promote the survival of something, an urge, a thrust, a motion toward survival. The basic command, survive, is known as the survival dynamic. Okay, so let's take a break from this definition to get some examples going here. What motivates you? What is it that creates the surge of energy in you that gets you moving, that gets you operating and doing things in the physical universe. It is an urge. And the urge is broadly known as the urge to survive. It is a common denominator of all living things. All living things are motivated by that urge, the urge to survive. Whether you're a blade of grass, a spotted leopard, or a man in the street. So Mr. Hubbard goes on to say this. If we take a look at this dynamic through a magnifying glass, we find that in this one thrust, there are eight thrusts or eight dynamics. These are motives or motivations. They are urges for survival as or through, number one, self. So when you get up in the morning and you do your push-ups and your pull-ups and you brush your teeth and you comb your hair and you dress yourself, that is, to a large extent, perhaps not entirely, but motivated out of a desire to survive as and for oneself. Dynamic number two, sex and family. So people are more or less motivated to support their family. I say more or less, some more and some less. And some are motivated by the sexual act itself and seeking that, but it is a thrust to survive. Number three, groups. Okay, so when you make sacrifices, when the soldier in the platoon sacrifices himself for the survival of his brothers in arms, he has put his third dynamic ahead of his first. So you would say he is still seeking to survive, but it's through the dynamic of groups. And for him at that moment, that is senior. Number four, All mankind, gosh, don't we wish more people were motivated that way because mankind could use a lot of help. But many of the great men and women whose names carry through history 
we see them largely motivated through this dynamic, the effort for all mankind to survive. Five, living things, plants and animals. We all know individuals who are very strongly motivated on that dynamic, and we see them surrounded by lots of plants and animals and very involved with groups that seek the survival of all living things. Sierra Club, World Wildlife Federation, say that three times fast. Very important dynamic, very large dynamic, very beautiful dynamic. Six, the physical universe, the builders, the creators, very strong on the sixth dynamic. Their buildings, their bridges, we're very thankful for them. But we all have that urge. Again, to a greater or lesser extent, you see those who acquire physical universe objects passionately, sometimes a little too passionately, perhaps. Or you see their physical environment being in dishabille, perhaps not in very good condition, maybe not that strong on the sixth dynamic. Seventh dynamic, spirits. There are very spiritual people. We all know those. But again, it resides within all of us, this urge to survive of and for spirits. And eight, infinity, or the supreme being, the eighth dynamic. And we can all probably think of individuals very strongly motivated along that eighth dynamic. But not something that should be absent in one's life, because it is an urge to survive within all of us. Mr. Hubbard goes on to say this, these eight dynamics embrace all the goals of survival an individual has and all the things for which he survives. The word dynamic comes from the Greek dynamis, meaning power, strength. Each dynamic is an energetic urge in a certain direction, the urge to survive along a certain course. They could best be represented as a series of concentric circles, wherein the first dynamic, which of course is the dynamic itself, that's my aside here, but the first dynamic would be the center, and each new dynamic would be successively a circle outside it. None of these dynamics are more or less important than another. It will be found, however, among individuals that each person stresses one of the dynamics more than the others, or may stress a combination of dynamics as more important than other combinations. Okay, so when we were talking about the danger formula in the earlier podcast, we were describing a third dynamic danger formula to handle a third dynamic danger condition. The group, the organization, is in danger. We apply a step-by-step -step precise series of steps to handle that danger and get into a higher condition. The next condition up being the condition of emergency, which will probably be the subject of yet another podcast, but we're not going to talk about that today. We're talking about danger. Danger, Will Robinson. Danger. No, Will Robinson. Danger. And we were talking about group danger, but in the handling of group danger, it is required that the individuals within that group apply a first dynamic danger formula. If you don't get the first dynamic danger formula being applied, the third dynamic formula is not complete, and you will therefore go back into uh, the danger condition or lower, the next condition below danger being non-existence. So when you're in danger, you are working your way 
in a direction away from non-existence. And if you don't do the formula, you're going into non-existence, and that applies to a group, but it can also apply to an individual. An individual standing on the burning deck of a ship better do the first dynamic danger formula, or he will go into non-existence. And the steps are the same, whether you're standing uh, on a burning deck or if you're about to lose your job because you were incompetently handling it and you went into a danger condition within that group. Now, business owners, entrepreneurs, applying the danger formula, uh, let me remind you that you are perhaps in a personal danger condition as well, a first dynamic danger condition as well. After all, you are part of that group. And so you should certainly review this first dynamic danger formula. It has to be applied by those involved with creating the danger condition in your business or group. But you might also be humble enough to inspect yourself to see if you also have been in a personal or first dynamic danger condition, in which case you now must do the first dynamic danger formula. Now that can get overlooked by an owner entrepreneur, but uh, you better give it a look. So let's go through this formula step by step. All right. So this is from an article written by Mr. Hubbard, dated on the 11th of April, 1972, the title being Further Data on Correct Danger Condition Handling. And the reference starts out this way. Recently, after writing the policy of 9 April 1972, correct danger condition handling, I took a look at man's condition in being human. A human being is in danger all the time. With catastrophes, the elements being eaten and car wrecks, he is in a sort of dangerous environment. That's the truth of the matter. He dies every 60 or 70 years or something like that. This isn't a healthy condition. But do you know, if the danger condition were applied, totally applied, it would move one up the line out of the condition of being human and toward O-T, exclamation mark. End of quote. Okay, so now I've introduced a new term, OT. OT is a term coined by Mr. Hubbard, and he defines it here. It stands for operating thetan, and he defines it as follows. A state of beingness. It is a being, quote, at cause over matter, energy, space, time, form, and life. End quote. So when you're looking at the term operating thetan or OT, you're looking at total cause, which if you extrapolate the dynamics, you see the urge to survive would go in the direction of away from effect to total cause. If you are total cause over your dynamics, then of course you're surviving as you want to survive. You're surviving well. Hubbard goes on to say this, Operating comes from, quote, able to operate without dependency on things, end quote. And thetan is a Greek letter, theta, which the Greeks used to represent thought or perhaps spirit. 
to which an N is added to make a noun in the modern style used to create words in engineering. Remember, Mr. Hubbard was an engineer. So operating Thetan, a being who is operating at cause. That sounds like a desirable state. And he's saying here in this policy, he says, but do you know if the danger condition were applied, totally applied, it would move one up the line out of the condition of being human and toward OT. So this is not a light formula to mess around with. Doing this properly and thoroughly puts you thoroughly at cause. So if your current circumstances have you feeling effect, a good word for being at effect is the word victim. So if you are a victim of your circumstances, if you're a victim of the things that are going on, quote unquote, with the economy and this factor and that factor, uh, you might want to visit the danger formula because that will take you out of that very human state, let's face it, to one of approaching or at least going in the direction of total cause or Mr. Hubbard's words, OT, operating Thetan. The Thetan is the living being. That's who you are. So he goes on to say this now. We continue with the policy. He says, well, the upshot of this new policy letter is that we now have a second danger formula, which we call a first dynamic formula. And I thought you would want to better understand this formula. It says, bypass habits or normal routines. That's number one, which is just the danger formula all over again. So First step was bypass. If you remember the third dynamic formula, here you're bypassing, but you're bypassing your own habits or normal routines. We had the example uh, in the earlier podcast of you have a routine where you get up in the morning and you uh, exercise and brush your teeth and walk downstairs to make your toast and coffee, and you go downstairs and the toaster is on fire. You don't uh, just carry on with your normal routine and, uh, you know, more or less ignore it and walk out the door and get in your car and drive off to work. Come back and there's no house, okay? You now have a danger condition and your first step is to bypass those habits or normal routines. So that's a, a glaring example, but you can also apply that to the individual who is messing up on the job, has created a danger condition for the group. Uh, they answer the phone perhaps, they're the receptionist, uh, not to pick on receptionists, but it's a great and easy example. Uh, they're Tone is not very receptive or welcoming. Maybe they're brusque or trying to push people away and keep the office quiet. And so they now have to bypass that normal habit or routine. They've been assigned danger. The whole area was assigned danger. Now they're doing their first dynamic danger, and they have to bypass that habit uh, or normal routine. Hubbard goes on to say, two, handle the situation and any danger in it. So they do that. You know, the receptionist now does that. She's drilling it. She's maybe cleared up some terms relating to her job. Maybe the purpose of her job was screwed up some way. And she thought her purpose was to keep the scene kind of dead and quiet instead of lively and full of people. That's not uncommon, by the way. So uh, handle the situation and any danger in it. That's again, a quote from Mr. Hubbard. Three, assign self a danger condition. See, you've got to assign the condition. That is the only reason that is there. That's a quote from the policy. You always do a step three, which is to assign the danger condition. Okay, you're in danger, man, or I'm in danger. You know, acknowledge that. 
as a condition. Four, get in your own personal ethics by finding what you are doing that is out ethics and use self-discipline to correct it and get honest and straight. Okay. Uh, at this point, I think we should clear up ethics because uh, for many, it is not a very well understood term. Now, Mr. Hubbard's definition of ethics, you'll see a close alignment here with this earlier concept, the dynamics. So he says here, ethics is defined as the actions an individual takes on himself in order to accomplish optimum survival for himself and others on all dynamics. Ethics are reason consisting of rationality toward the highest level of survival for the individual, the future race, the group, and mankind, and the other dynamics taken collectively. It is a personal thing. When one is ethical or has his ethics in, it is by his own determinism and is done by himself. The word comes from the Greek ethos, which means character. Okay, so ethics is the rationality of the individual. They do it on their own determinism. So when Mr. Hubbard says here, for getting your own personal ethics by finding what you're doing that is out ethics and use self-discipline to correct it and get honest and straight, one is reviewing personally the things one is doing or not doing that are negatively influencing the greater number of dynamics. Something might appear to be somewhat survival on one dynamic, but highly destructive on other dynamics. Perhaps a person considers that if he uh, embezzles, to take a dramatic example, and steals from the organization, he is enhancing perhaps his first and second dynamic, but at a tremendous cost the, to the other dynamics, particularly the third, third dynamic, and um, through that the fourth. But in actual fact, those actions are also highly destructive to the first dynamic, as anybody who is engaged in unethical activity generally does not feel too happy or truly prosperous and uh, tends to cease to be him or herself. But that's a whole other matter. But the point is simply this. There is a step four, and that step is to get in your own personal ethics by finding what you're doing that is out ethics and use self-discipline to correct it and get honest and straight. So straighten up. Review one's actions or inactions, review one's life, and sort out for oneself. One can sometimes be helped by another, but uh, if the group is taking action because a person won't take personal action, in other words, uh, handle their own ethics, that is not called ethics anymore. That is called justice. It's a different side of the coin. Ethics is personal. Justice is group acting on the individual who will not handle their own ethics. And if the person doesn't do their step four, they might end up without a job, or if it's the entrepreneur, might end up without a business. Anyway, so now the next step, five, reorganize your life so that the dangerous situation is not continually happening to you. So, okay, you know, go back to our receptionist. You know, how can I organize my life? Well, I found that uh, you know, if I'm out partying the night before, I come into work kind of cranky and a little bit on edge, uh, and therefore, I'm now going to reorganize my life so I'm not going out on weeknights, but uh, going to bed early and taking better care of myself personally. Maybe I'll get in a little bit of a routine here that is a little more successful, a new routine, 
and I'm going to reorganize my life. You know, the person who's chronically late may have to work out a different way to get to work. Uh, so there's different things you do, of course, to reorganize your life uh, so that the dangerous situation, you're not late again, late again, late again, or uh, rude again, rude again, rude again, whatever it might be, uh, that the dangerous, whatever brought about this, this danger condition for you personally, first dynamically. And then the final step six, formulate and adopt firm policy that will hereafter detect and prevent the same situation from continuing to occur. That's, that's the end of that formula, Mr. Hubbard. So now, okay, uh, your uh, receptionist might decide, okay, he or she is not going to, my party night from now on is Friday night or Saturday night or whatever it is. I'm, I'm not going to be uh, carrying that on through the week. Or uh, maybe I have another policy to uh, not consider that I know everything about my job, but really apply myself and study and learn as much as I can about it. That might be a firm policy that one could uh, adopt that would hereafter detect and prevent the same situation from continuing to occur. You know, one of the big mistakes one often finds amongst uh, individuals is they think they uh, have learned everything there is to learn about something, and uh, sure enough, something hits them. Uh, that they're not expecting and they're not prepared for it because they weren't properly trained for it. And so maybe we should take a new policy to get better trained. Uh, hopefully there's some listeners here who have made uh, adopted a firm policy to learn everything they can and be professional in the subject of administration and management so that they can structure their organizations to be bulletproof and withstand anything. That is certainly a firm policy, I hope, and wish upon uh, any member listening to this or any individual listening to this whose business is in a danger condition at the moment to, uh, amongst any other policy adopted, to adopt the policy that I am going to be a dedicated student to the subject of management and learn this inside out and backwards so that any organization that I create, uh, either this one or any future one, is going to be able to withstand just about anything, be able to adapt to any circumstances, and um, we will continue to flourish and prosper no matter what. Okay, so um, these are the six steps of the first dynamic danger formula. Please do not neglect them if you have assigned a third dynamic condition, because one of those steps is to make sure those involved are doing the first dynamic condition, and uh, if necessary, do one uh, of your own you very likely need to review your own first dynamic danger formula in many of these instances. All right, so I hope this uh, rounds out the handling of the danger formula for you. Uh, obviously, uh, listen to the uh, Handling the Danger Formula podcast we did earlier, about a week or so ago, for the third dynamic formula. Really, you need them both, that one and this one. And of course, study the references if you have them. Again, the date of this one is 11 April 1972. Thank you for listening. Please do not neglect to send us your feedback. We love hearing from you. Info at wiseeastus.org. Send your comments along. Send your questions along. And if you need any help with any of this, write us. Info at wiseeastus.org. Thank you for listening. We will almost certainly issue another special episode this coming Saturday. Uh, that'll be the next time you hear from us. Otherwise, flourish and prosper.